And what's up, everybody? Uh, welcome to another episode of Sports Bears from an agent's perspective. You're with your host, Zila, aka Chester Mbekela. All right, this is our 17th episode, man. 17th episode, and you know, we're just winding down the year, you know, just, um, just making sure that we bring you guys, you know, good content, um, closing off this year. Uh, this is not the last episode for the year, by the way, so don't worry. Um, you know, I'm just basically, I know everyone's on vacation, so I'm um, just letting you know that we're going to bring you content until the year end, all right? Till the wheels fall off for this year, we're bringing you guys content. And yeah, man, so ah, it's a chilly morning in Tokyo. It's um, just after 6 a.m. I woke up early today because I actually went to bed quite early last night. Um, I had a lot of errands to run downtown in Tokyo. Um, you know, a lot of meetings, a lot of messages sent. Um, we're trying to get this guy, you know, to Japanese guy actually. We're trying to get him into the states. Um, we're trying to get him a contract to go play either in the major league or in the USL in America. So. Yeah, man, so those are like, you know, projects in the works that, and that's one of the best things about being, you know, um, a football agent or a sports agent at that, is that sometimes you connect with individuals um, on, you know, platforms like LinkedIn, and, you know, you, you start developing, you know, relationship, uh, good rapport, and what that does is then you start, you know, sharing players um, up and down because he sent me a couple of guys and asking me if you know do they have a shot at possibly getting into you know the J leagues um, and I'm always honest when guys ask me um, a lot of the talent that he's sent me is just not up to par you know it's, it's just not up to standard but the player I sent him I mean it's a guy who used to play for Japan a guy who used to play in the J1 um, but this past season was playing in the J2s in the J2 leagues so yeah hopefully we can get him something man really good player really good guy he can barely speak a word of English but uh but good bloke and I think you know sometimes what um what happens is you know Japan is one of those countries that is so closed off to the rest of the world that people here hardly have the motivation to learn another language um specifically like English so you know, with professional athletes now from here looking to play in other countries, um, it's also sparking interest within them to, you know, actually start learning another language. So who knows? Maybe if he gets a contract in the US, this will motivate him to actually learn a bit of English. In fact, he won't have a choice, you know, but to learn English um, if we can get him a contract in America. Because if there's one thing I know about Americans, they are accommodating to foreigners, but if you want to immerse yourself and settle um, into U.S. society, you, you know, you, you got to get, you got to get on board. You know, you have to learn um, the language, you know. I've lived in the States and yeah, I, I know how American people are. Um, it's one of those places where, you know, you need to, yeah, make sure that you can fit in type of thing. But U.S. is an amazing place, epic place. Um, so hopefully we can get him into, you know, a good setup um, in America. I'm really hoping we can get him either into L.A. or New York because if we can get him into a cosmopolitan city, then it's going to be much easier for him to settle because 
those you know destinations like your new york la or washington dc they've got a large japanese population so you know it could be easier for him to to settle in and you know if the team's having trouble um you know with communication they can bring in a translator you know because you know a lot of people can speak japanese um within those cities so yeah but yeah I'll, i'll let you guys know how it goes but i'm excited man you know it's just exciting to collaborate with other agents all right All right, so um, in running our first promotion, we've got a couple of promotions to run before we start the podcast today. Um, and the first one is um, the social network site, uh, Limitless Athlete Membership. All right, Limitless Athlete Membership is a social networking um, platform for athletes, coaches, and teams as well. All right, what's helpful about this platform is that there's no agent um, intermediation. Athletes, coaches and teams can sign up for free on the platform and they can actually form a community and connect. All right? Athletes can negotiate their own contracts with the clubs. Coaches can negotiate their own contracts with the clubs as well. And clubs are also able to advertise vacancies on the platform. All right? But before they do that, uh clubs need to make sure that they get in touch. Um with management of the platform and then all the advertisements can go up as requested. Also, um the platform has many other f- uh, features as well. For example, for athletes and coaches who feel they want to educate themselves further, they can actually um register for the online digital marketing course which is available on the platform. All right. There's actually a page where there is a demo of the online digital marketing course so individuals can view it um and they can view us like um a lesson sample to see what the course offers. I would encourage it. I strongly would encourage it because on the online digital marketing um course we have things like web design. Right? Individuals can learn how to design websites. We have um social media marketing individuals can learn how to basically um run paid advertising sort of um you know campaigns on social media so that you know that you don't only need social media you know for cloud or for just posting pictures you can actually use it for your business all right so these are the skills that we teach we teach um individuals how to use google uh paid advertising using the Google search engine you know there there is such things such as um Google AdSense you know the course covers that as well the course also teaches you how to do um search engine optimization all right blogging is a very helpful tool for search engine optimization because the one thing that um individuals need to realize is that if you have a business and you have a website Chances are you're not the only person who's running that sort of business. So what SEO or search engine optimization does is it helps you to learn certain skills on how to make your website rank higher on Google. So this means that if someone's looking for your services, they can find them easily um on Google. All right? Because when you do SEO or search engine optimization, you actually almost become sort of like a an authoritative figure according to Google because you're ranking highly on their search engine. 
Okay. And then um, another tool or skill that you can learn on the online digital marketing course is obviously web designing with an advanced skill feature, which is learning how to build a video streaming platform. So on the digital marketing course, you can literally learn how to uh, build your own YouTube you know how to build your own streaming platform so i strongly encourage it for guys who want to um, learn skills outside of the game all right so yeah that is pretty much um the the social site and like i said in the beginning of this promotion signing up is totally and 100 percent free so get on it as a coach get on it as an athlete and also get on it as a, um, as a team, sorry, so that you're able to connect, all right? Because that's the main reason why we created this platform. We saw the gap, you know, the, the communication gap between the three parties, that it doesn't always have to be um, through an agent. And especially when it comes to semi-professional and amateur teams, that's actually why we, uh, we built the platform. We built it because we wanted to bridge the communication gap between the three parties so that they could connect together and ones that need to negotiate a contract they can do it outside the intermediation of an agent all right so sign up and the website is www.limitlessathlete.net that is www.limitlessathlete.net all right Sign up and we look forward to having you on as a member. All right, and then promotion number two is of our ebook series, Sports Biz from an Agent's Perspective. And this book is basically um, a blueprint as to how I got into the agency space. All right, um, I think for anyone out there who's looking to become a football agent or a sports agent, I would strongly encourage you to get the ebook series. The ebooks have been split into four episodes. All right, so um, you can definitely, so you won't be overwhelmed with information. So you can literally see my journey step by step from the time that I retired as an athlete right up until the time um, I became a, a football registered agent. Okay. So get that series, man, and just, you know, follow the story. And I know so many people and I shout, I shout you guys out, man. Thank you so much for the support that you've given the podcast. All right. Um, so this promotion about the ebook series is basically for those who are bookworms like me. I love to read. I love to follow people's journeys. I love to learn about how people became who they are. All right. So that's why I encourage you, um, Get the ebook series Sports Biz from an Agent's Perspective. It's available on Amazon. It's also available on uh, Apple Books. It's uh, available on Tolino and um, which other platform? Yeah, so look on those platforms and under the author name Zila Mbekela. Right? Zila Mbekela. So those are the platforms that they're available on. Amazon. Tolino and Apple Books. All right, so check it out. All right, and then promotion number three is of uh, Sports Biz merch, man. You know, we're proud to announce that we've launched our own Sports Biz merch. Okay, so, you know, become a part of the family, man. I believe, you know, by creating this podcast, 
um, and the listeners and subscribers. And again, thank you all so much. You know, I believe that we are a family now. And yeah, man, you know, so if you want to feel part of the family, I encourage you to get the merch. It's really, really, really good merch that we created. Uh, Sports Biz, Athletic Wear, um, and also other accessories as well, like cups and bags. We've also created those as well. So if you want to feel a part of the podcast, if you want to feel a part of the family of the Sports Biz podcast, um, yeah, and I'd say, yeah, please get um, the merch. And, you know, it'll mean so much to us as well because it's, um, you know, we view it as support from you. Okay, so if you can, please, please, please support the podcast. And yeah, I'm very grateful to everyone who's been um, supporting the podcast, by the way. Thank you, thank you, thank you all so much. All right, with that being said, um, we are going to start with the podcast now. And yeah, man, after the break, we're going to dive in. Our, um, our topic for today will be, we're going to talk about, are the Lakers 2021 as shocking as the 2005 Real Madrid team, which was star-studded, by the way. All right, so we're going to chat about that after the break. So I look forward to having you guys. All right, don't go anywhere. Stay tuned. All right, and welcome back. Uh, And as I said, you know, before the break, that today, you know, we're going to look at are the Lakers 2021 as shocking as the 2005, you know, Real Madrid team, um, you know, which was just star-studded, you know, that team which basically had your um, Luis Ronaldo, it had David Beckham, it had Zizou, you know, Zinedine Zidane, it had Roberto Carlos, Raul Gonzalez, man, Galacticos, basically, of the early 2000s. So would we, would we say that the Los Angeles Lakers are as shocking as those guys? All right, let's dive in man, and let's really have a chat and assess that what is it about having star players like a star-studded team that just, you know, pretty much fails to, fails to launch, you know, fails to live up to the hype because those signings that both teams have made, I mean, those are record signings. And these are guys that everybody knows individually are fucking brilliant. You know, these are guys that anybody knows that on any given day, these are guys who have proven time and time and again that, you know, when it's clutch time, man, they fucking deliver. But when you assemble them as a team, they just fail to perform. So we're going to look at why is that? All right. So, um... Could the possible answers be, uh, let's look at, you know, the first point. Let's talk, uh, talk about the first point. Could the possible issues be on the field related? Like, you know, could we say that, you know, star players, obviously star players are guys who are sure of themselves. These are, you know, or, or girls, you know, um, who are sure of themselves. Could it be that maybe they suffer from being egotistic? You know, because when a player is sure of themselves, they know they're talented. They know how good they are. So could we say that 
these players, um, maybe they, they're very tough to coach because of being egotistical. Because, I mean, they'll tell any, I don't care how good the coach is, but they'll tell them that, listen, I've done this and that and this and that on the world stage. So, you know, you can't tell me shit. All right. Now, let's look at Los Angeles Lakers 2021. I mean, you've got a starting lineup of, you know, LeBron James, you've got Russell Westbrook, you've got Carmelo Anthony, um, you've got Dwight Howard. I mean, oh, Dwight doesn't start, but my point is you've got him in the mix as well. You've got Anthony Davies. Um, could we consider Rajon Rondo as a superstar? Okay, let's give him half, 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 half. But my point is, you've got all these guys, man, in the mix, and fuck, they've been catching L's like nobody's business. These guys have been fucking losing, bruh. And, you know, you ask yourself that, you know, what could be the problem? Because, I mean, everybody knows, everybody around the NBA um, knows that, you know, LeBron is one of the nicest guys. He's a different superstar to Kobe and Michael and MJ. You know, he's a different superstar. With him, he gets on with everybody. You know, he forms relationships outside um, the court with everybody. You know, he's getting into business with a lot of these guys. So you'd ask yourself that what could be the issue? Because I'm pretty sure these guys hang out like off the pitch. I mean, a lot of these guys are married with families. So I'm sure they, um, you know, they, they definitely have your potential Sunday, you know, barbecues. Somewhere in LA, you know, at one of the players' homes. So I, I don't think it's an off-field issue, you know, in terms of relationship-wise. But I do, I do suspect, and, and obviously, listen guys, these are not, um, you know, factual points that I'm giving you. It's speculation. You know, I'm an outsider looking in. I'm all the way in Japan, and I'm talking about guys who are all the way in Los Angeles, you know. So these, I'm, I'm just speculating. And it's just something that I've seen with a team that's full of stars because I've been an athlete myself and I've been amongst players that were considered stars and I've seen the dynamics that it can create within a team, okay? So this is just my opinion. All right, and then other possible off-field issues that I would think, you know, um, are possibly a matter is... Maybe attention from the media. Because again, remember, when guys are stars, it sort of starts becoming about who's the bigger star than the other star. All right? So that's where um, I think, again, this overlaps and ties into the whole egotistical thing. And I don't think some guys do it, like, I don't think they do it intentionally. I think it just sometimes happens that, you know, when you're a big star, and I mean, this is a city like Los Angeles, man. This is La La Land where your star power means everything in terms of what business ventures you get within the city. You know, you've got the professional sports scene, you've got the entertainment scene, you've got, you know, Hollywood. So obviously when you become a big star on the court, that creates opportunities within the world of Hollywood. So could it be attention from the media that maybe that starts to become you know, sort of like a friction starter between the guys. And even though they might not be beefing, but, you know, maybe someone's ego might take a knock because so-and-so 
was seen on the red carpet at this event or so and so is getting invites to appear you know on cameos on this show or so and so is getting an opportunity or endorsement deal um you know with this company that maybe this athlete felt that they would have wanted you know it's just so many what ifs when it comes to this man um and obviously other off-field activities that you know guys might be always trying to fight for um and not physically fighting this is um uh, figuratively you know like a, a player's personal brand you know when you become a professional athlete and especially like within a sport like the NBA where a player is you know so openly visible on the court because it's nothing like American football because in the NFL a lot of the guys have their helmets on so you can't really even see their faces but now within the NBA which is a very um what I've noticed you know ever since I started watching basketball it's very star focused meaning that there'll be one or two stars which are focused on the team and then all the other guys become sort of like supporting cast you know so now with the lakers you've literally got a team that all starting five guys are pretty much the star focused um elements within the team how the fuck do you make that work man how the hell do you make that work and again every single player is trying to figuratively fight for their star power because they literally are a personal brand you know so it's man it's it's really touch and go when you've got a star studded team now let's switch back let's uh run it back to 2005 so if anybody i mean who was old enough to know um you know the, the galacticos the famous galacticos uh team of 2005 then you would know what i'm talking about all right so for those of you youngsters out there so 2005 real madrid um also known as you know galacticos they literally had you know the football world at their feet when they signed a star studded team and at that point and because of signing all those players at that point real madrid was literally the highest grossing sports team they they literally became the richest i think football team um in football history in terms of revenue because of the marketing that they were getting by having all those big names but unfortunately none of that shit could transfer onto the playing field because again When you look at it these were guys who had established personal brands. These were guys who I'm sure, you know, there was definitely egos involved. I mean, you had Beckham, dude. Beckham is one of the biggest attractions in football. At that time, I mean, imagine he's an attraction now. Imagine what he was back then as a player. All right? And then you had guys who were obviously um also established in Europe as well, you know, your Zinedine Zidane's, Luis Ronaldo. I mean, this was at a time where he had just won a World Cup um as a comeback player for Brazil in 2002 against Germany in Korea, Japan. So this was definitely at a time where all these guys star power was at its peak. A lot of the guys obviously you'd consider them on a decline sort of but 
No, a lot of them, man. Their, their star power is at its peak. And largely, I think from a, from a commercial standpoint, I still think David Beckham was probably the largest attraction for that Real Madrid team. He was definitely the largest attraction. I think when they signed him, the, you know, the organization stock and just their marketing and endorsements and everything just skyrocketed because Beckham was just a media, yeah, he was a media, um, he was a media moneymaker for any team that signed him, you know? So, yeah, man, and just looking at that, and these guys, man, they failed horribly. I remember them losing 3-0, you know, um, in an El Clasico clash between Barcelona. I think, um, not I think, I remember Ronaldinho scored a hat-trick in that game. He fucked them up, man. I think Ronaldinho had a personal gripe. Um, I think he had a personal grudge against Real Madrid because every time I would watch in a classical match, you know, between the years, this was when Ronaldinho was at his peak at Barcelona around, you know, 2005, 2006. Man, every time that guy would play against um, Madrid, he would bring it. I think it stems back to a time where I think Madrid wanted to sign him, but then things went west. I don't know. I think he just didn't get on with um, with the Madrid boss and they ended up not wanting him. So I feel that he probably took that personally. And I mean, if you're an athlete, we all have that, man, where you maybe wanted to go to a certain team and they didn't want you and you just developed like a personal grudge against them. But anyway, let, let me not, you know, stray too far from that point. So, yeah, so Ronaldinho, um, he scored a hat-trick in that El Clasico match. And Barcelona was just flying high in those years. And they were the team with the least stars. I mean, at that time, they had Ronaldinho. Messi was on the come-up. Um, they had Samuel Eto'o. Obviously, they had Yoshavi. Um, they had Iniesta. But those guys weren't as big. As the previous stars, those guys weren't as big as your Zizus and your Roberto Carlos's. They were sort of on the come up as well because the only time, you know, your Iniesta's and your Xavi Alonso's, you know, um, the only time that they were really big and your Gerard Piquet's, it was after the 2010 World Cup, after Spain won the 2010 World Cup in South Africa. So prior to that, they were seen as the come up players. Everybody could see that these guys were going to one day be great, but they were on the come up, basically. But yeah, so the 2005 uh, Real Madrid team, oh man, they fucking failed. Um, I remember they also um, got knocked out in the, you know, round 16 of the UEFA Champions League. Um, what else? Yeah, and, and they also failed as well in the... Um, in the domestic league as well, man, in, in the La Liga, they were also, they were catching L's like nobody's business, you know. And like I said, on the other end, you know, um, the Catalan Giants, Barcelona was just, they were flying high between those two years. And it just became so intriguing that when you look at the one team, they were just star-studded. And then when you look at the other team, you know, they had your few stars, but they had mostly a supporting cast. But they were still bringing it. Weekend in, weekend out. All right. So this comes back to my next point. That, 
you know, I really believe that for any sports team, having a supporting cast or having um, fringe players, so to speak, is very important. You may ask, why do I say this? Let me put it to you like this. Fringe players or supporting like cast members um, in a team, those are guys who constantly have to prove every fucking day that they deserve to be in the team. All right? They are guys who never get to relax because they know that tomorrow they might not be there. All right? So these are the guys who literally, you know, in retrospect, they actually lift the team's performance because they're, they're the hungry dogs of the team. Star players don't have to prove that they deserve to be in the team. They know they deserve to be in the team. The coaching staff um, know that they deserve to be in the team. The fans know that they deserve to be in the team. So a, a star player will always rock up with the attitude that I don't need to prove that I deserve to be here. I already know I deserve to be here. But a fringe player doesn't have that luxury. A fringe player rocks up to training Every single time, knowing that they might be cut. So what are they going to do? They're constantly going to push the stars. So that's why I say fringe players or supporting cast members are important because they push the stars. They actually inspire the stars to want to perform more. Because when a star player sees a fringe player lifting his game up and performing more, what happens? He starts, you know, he starts thinking to himself, Fuck this, I'm not going to let this nobody outshine me. So what, uh, so, you know, so what does um, he then in turn do? They tend to um, get out of their shells and they fucking lift their performance. They show the world why they are the stars. Alright, so this is why I say fringe players or support cast members are very important. And you actually find that in like in some tournaments... Especially when you get to the crunch time of, uh, of the game. Sometimes it's the fringe players that rise to the occasion in the last minute. It's the fringe players or supporting cast members that literally pull something out of the bag. And everybody's like, where the fuck did that come from? You know, it's sometimes them. Even if they don't end up like um, scoring the final bucket or scoring the final goal or scoring the final try. But... It's through there, um, maybe they might have a moment of magic where maybe they put the star player in a position to actually perform. And this is where now we're going to double back and go back to the Lakers. This is where I say that Rajon Rondo isn't really a um, superstar because he's one of those players that, you know, in, in a final, we saw in the NBA finals of the bubble in... Um, in, the 20, in 2020, when they were playing in the bubble, we saw what he did. Nobody expected Rondo to perform. Everybody had their money on Anthony Davies, uh, sorry, Anthony Davis and uh, LeBron James and all, and all that. And even though, yes, LeBron did come to play, but Rajon Rondo was actually the supporting cast member who was the glue to making sure that the Lakers win that championship. And he was a fringe player. Because after that season, what happened? He left for, um, for Philadelphia. 
No, sorry, sorry. Atlanta Hawks. He went and left um, to the Atlanta Hawks. Dwight Howard went to Philadelphia. All right. So you need those fringe players, man. You you really do need them because they um they become very important to the team when it actually does matter. And like I say, when guys come hungry to you know to training or they come hungry to a game, it inspires a star player's performance. Because now when you're going to have a team full of star-studded players who don't need to prove that they need to be there, where's the motivation going to come from? You know, where's the motivation going to come from at training? Because they know that they're not going to get cut. So the guy's going to rock up and he's just going to go through the motions. But when you have those uh, fringe players who want to prove how good they are, they challenge the stars to actually, oh, fuck, to wake the fuck up and actually show Every single time why they are the superstar. So shout out to fringe players, man. You know, I'm sure everyone's wondering why the fuck am I speaking up <laughs> for fringe players so much? It's because, you know, in my sporting journey starting out, for the most part, man, of my rugby career, I was a fringe player. You know, I was a fringe player and I'm very thankful for that because, you know, being a fringe player, it really... It inspires you to work hard. It really does inspire you to fucking work your ass off because you know tomorrow you might not be in the team. You you know that you are literally two or one bad performance away from being cut. So what do you do? You fucking bring it, man. You bring it. You know. So that's why I'm I'm so passionate about. Um, and speaking up for fringe players that a lot of people don't appreciate fringe players, but they are actually the guys who glue the team together. They are the guys who actually work hard to make your superstars shine. But they never, ever, ever get that recognition. And I mean, rightly so. And the one thing about fringe players is they, they'll never be egotist, like egotistic. Sorry. They'll never walk around saying, yeah, but I feel the team doesn't appreciate me. You know why? Because as a fringe player, you're just grateful, you know, to be there. You're grateful for the opportunity to be there. And you want to constantly show the coach who showed faith in you that they didn't make a mistake by selecting you. You know, all right. So in, uh, before I end off, I'm just going to tell a little story, man, of, um, you know, a team I played for. Um, so when I was under 14, I played under 14A. I was in and out of the under 14A of my um, high school. And I remember the coach who coached us, man. You know, he invited us for a barbecue. We had a barbecue at one of the players um, at one of our teammates houses. His parents let us um, have a barbecue there. And I remember how the coach, you know, started saying that so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so are his stars. And this made me very nervous because with that whole star player tag, you know, obviously it comes with ego. It comes with self-discovery with guys now thinking that, you know, they're above everyone, you know, everybody. And rightly so. I mean, a lot of the guys had earned that tag, but I just felt that it was very dangerous, you know, for a coach to be, you know, to be telling, you know, teen, early teen boys that you're a star, you're a star, you're a star. And, and you know, that shit nearly destroyed our team. 
it really nearly destroyed our team. And what actually brought us back to being, you know, on good terms with each other was our under-15 coach. You know, luckily this guy who coached us under 14, he only coached us for one season. Because a season prior to that, our under 13 coach, he never did the whole star player thing that you're a star, you're a star, you're a star. But guys, guys who were good knew that, okay, I'm one of the, you know, the prominent members of this team. But there was never any star player things thrown around because I think the coach knew what it would do. That shit causes division within a team, man. It causes division. Needless to say, what started happening at our training sessions, I remember under 14, is that guys started, you know, having snarky things to say amongst each other. As a result, a lot of fights broke out within training. I remember the one time um, I, was, uh, I was still playing as a forward back then. I was still playing flanker and eighth man and hooker. And I remember, you know, we were, yeah, we were practicing scrums. And one of the two blokes, man, were going at each other, you know, chirping each other. And then eventually they started fighting and we had to break them up. You know, whereas the year prior, there had never been a fight that broke out of training amongst teammates. But again, it goes back to that whole star player thing. That thing really fucks a team up. And I strongly discourage it. But obviously, when you get to, um, to professional sports... There's going to be that whole separation thing of stars because that comes with, uh, you know, endorsement deals and obviously salary packages and everything. So it, it's going to happen. It's inevitable. That's just how the structure of the business of um, professional sports is, which is OK. But I just believe that, you know, coaches and just the, the organizational culture of the team, they play an important part in letting the guys know that, listen, Though you're a star, you're still part of the team. And I think, you know, players like Tom Brady really handled it well. And I think that's why Tom Brady's been able to last so long is because Tom Brady, again, he's a guy who comes from the bottom. He's a guy who used to be one of the fringe guys. I mean, the guy was drafted. I think he was drafted like, um, I think he went on in the seventh round or sixth round. But he was a late pick. Drafted, I think, number 199th. You know, so he knows what it feels like to come from the fringes. He's earned his star power. You know, so. Yeah, man, I think I think that's where it, it all it, it all boils down to, um, because at the end of the day, star players are important for a team because at the end of the day, professional sport is a business. So you want to get those players that are going to get asses on seats and that are going to sell merch. And that's why I believe that obviously the Lakers, them signing all those star-studded players and tracking back to 2005 when Galacticos signed all those big-name players, it was a commercial move, you know. I think the team bosses knew that those guys uh, were going to sell merch, that those guys were going to sell tickets, that anybody on any given day man would pay big bucks to see a team that has Luis Ronaldo, that has, um, you know, Zizou, that has Roberto Carlos, that has David Beckham, that has Raul Gonzalez. You know, I would have paid big money for that. Now I'm still in high school, man. Fucking hell. 
You know, I remember when the season was going to start and all these guys were in the team. I remember, you know, staying up all night to watch the game. And, you know, needless to say, I was fucking disappointed. But knowing now, um, I know that definitely it, it was a commercial move because at that time, Real was possibly the highest grossing sports franchise, whether in football or probably in any other sport of that era. Because of the money, the revenue that these guys brought the team. They were paid big bucks, but they made the team way more money. All right. So from a commercial standpoint, it makes sense to assemble a team of stars. But I think, you know, transferring all that star power onto the field is, you know, it, it's difficult. It's really tough. You, this is when you actually realize the importance of fringe players. And that's why I'm always going to advocate for fringe players. Don't get me wrong, man. Later on in my career, I did eventually, you know, uh, become one of the stars of the team. But I didn't want that, that tag because uh, being a fringe player, it always inspired me to work hard. You know, the, the minute you label a star, you relax. You develop the fat cat syndrome and you relax. And I never wanted to be in that situation. I always wanted to rock up having a chip on my shoulder that I need to prove to whichever coach I'm playing for this season that I deserve to be here. All right. It was just something that drove me. I think having a chip on my shoulder is what drove me to just always want to improve and be better the next season. All right. So that's why I'm always, always, always going to vouch for the, the fringe players, the underdogs, the supporting cast. But I also appreciate the star players as well, man. Especially star players who are constantly motivated to prove every year why they are a star. I don't respect the ones who develop the fat cat syndrome and they get lazy and they actually eventually become shit. I respect the ones who constantly want to prove why they are the star. Your Cristiano Ronaldo's, your Lionel Messi's. Guys who have been doing it at a, at a high level for so long. Your LeBron James's. I mean, LeBron James, dude, he's in year 19 and he's still bringing the heat. You know, players like Anthony Davies, players like Anthony Davis. Sorry, I don't know why I keep calling him Davies. <laughs> players like Anthony Davis need to prove they need to prove themselves because out of all those stars that have been selected within the Lakers team, Anthony Davis is actually the youngest guy. He's 27 or 28 years old. So he should actually be leading. He should actually be playing more minutes than those guys and not vice versa. You can't have LeBron James, man, who's in year 19, playing more minutes than the younger guy. It's fucking bullshit. So he definitely needs to step up. All right. All right, guys. So, um, yeah, man. So this has been the podcast. This has been the episode for today. Uh, thank you for listening. Um, I hope you enjoyed the content. Um, and yeah, just before I sign out again. So, yeah, make sure, you know, support the podcast. Get our merch, man. I'll definitely make sure to put the link in our episode description so you can access the merch and you can become a part of the family. All right. In fact, I'll add all the links to the promotions I did earlier so that you guys can access, you know, subscribe, become a part of the social network. Um, 
athlete, um, sorry, limitless athlete membership. So you can get the sports biz from an agent's perspective ebook series and learn about my journey from, um, from athlete and transitioning into the agent's role. Because I'm sure there are many agents, out there, uh, many athletes, sorry, who want to transition and become um, sports agents. It's a lucrative business, guys. And if you do it right, it'll be good to you. I encourage you, if you're thinking about becoming a sports agent, get the ebook series so you can learn the process um, of what it takes to become a sports agent. Um, I, I strongly encourage it. It's, 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 really, it's really become a rewarding career choice for me. I love connecting with athletes. Um, I love mentoring and giving guys advice, especially being a former athlete myself. So yeah, man, I'm, um, you know, I'm going to keep bringing content to make sure that I'm able to give back some knowledge to anyone who may want to access or who may want to become um, an agent themselves for whichever sport, you know, for whichever sport. All right, guys. So um, this has been sports agent. Uh, sorry. Pff, I don't know what the fuck happened there. All right, this has been um, Sports Biz from an agent's perspective. This is me signing out now and saying have a lovely day. I'm about to get ready for my grind for today. I've got a lot of phone calls to make, um, a lot of sports teams to get in touch with. You know, we're trying to make that um, we're trying to make that roster. Trying to get guys into uh, the J Leagues for the 2022 season. All right, wish me luck and remember the slogan. We don't only talk sports, we lived it. Okay? Have a good day, have a good night, have a good morning, wherever you are. Take care. Peace.